0: Today is the last Sunday of Advent. In this special season of the church, we have been pondering the connection between the birth of Jesus and the birth of God's
1: justice.
2: We relight candles from the first three weeks and remember the importance of listening, grieving, and wonder as elements that give birth to justice. Today, we light a new candle representing God's presence and the gift of reimagining that we will ponder throughout this service.
1: As we turn to our scripture reading, I do want to let you know too that Children's Church is being offered today. Children are always welcome in the sanctuary. You are welcome to stay in here if you would like to. If you would like to go to Children's Church, Bailey uh, and Lisa will be taking kids right out to Fireside, just out here. So uh, if they're not back in before the end of the service, grown-ups, that's where you can find your children. Our first scripture reading for this morning comes from chapter 1 of Luke, beginning in verse 39. And we are hearing uh, the end here of what is called the Annunciation, when Mary receives the visit from the angel and responds to the angel's uh, question. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord." And if you're familiar with
0: scripture stories, you know that what follows is known as the Magnificat, the Song of Mary, that starts like this, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. And there's more. And this morning, I'd like to share with you this more from the Message Translation. This is Mary's song. I'm bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my savior. God took one good look at me and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose very name is holy, set apart from all others. God's mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. God bared her arm and showed her strength, scattered the bluffing braggarts. God knocked the tyrants off their high horses, pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet. The callous rich were left out in the cold. God embraced their chosen child, Israel. God remembered and piled on the mercy. Piled them high. It's exactly what God promised, beginning with Abraham and right up to now. Have you noticed that Bible stories are filled with the unlikely, the unqualified, and the seemingly ill-equipped being chosen by God? Well, it's true, whether you have or not. The birth announcements for John the Baptist and Jesus, including Mary's song, are examples of how stories are used to reimagine a different world and new possibilities. And this flipping of the script always includes the unlikely. Mary's song is a spirit song that has echoed through the ages and inspires the work of liberation. It expresses hope for all who dream of and cry out for justice. A deep desire for this justice to be born. The poor will rise, the rich will fall, and an unlikely one will lead the way. This is good news. And this Advent, we've been exploring Valerie Korr's Revolutionary Love Project, and how the practices of revolutionary love connects to the holy anticipation of Jesus birth and the birth of God's justice. This week's practice is reimagining. You've already experienced reimagining in this service in the short time that we've been together. With low how rose air blooming in a different concept with a familiar melody with new words in the hymn we just sang, with the message translation of Mary's song, all of this reimagined. Valerie Kaur says, says, to reimagine is to explore a vision of relationship, community, and a world where we all flourish. Music and the arts certainly helps us in our visioning, doesn't it? A vision where we are all safe and free is the goal. And Valerie's research connects the absence of this flourishing and social harm. So where there is not flourishing, she's saying there is social harm. And she notes that social harm can be traced to institutions that produce it, authorize it, or otherwise profit from it. So frontline justice work engages the question of what needs to be reformed, what needs to be dismantled, what needs to be replaced. Now, there are big and vast implications of this work which can make it seem as though it's someone else's responsibility. But the way forward begins in smaller ways, right here, with the power and influence we do have. Longmont community leader Eric Hozempa joins us today by video, and he's going to share some thoughts about reimagining.
2: Hi, this is Eric Ozemba, and it was once said that when you hear a piece of music, you often envision the world as it should be and not as it is, having it lost in music and I like to reimagine the world as it should be. Here's my music, listening to Gregory Porter, um, and it's called Merry-Go-Round. And of course, this is my music of the day, and it's not really the music uh, all the time, but I listen to different genres
0: and different music.
2: As i'm sure you do too as well listen how the music makes you feel like you're at a merry world and when the strings kick in right here follow me sends a great feeling to me and here i envision the world really as it should be a world free from discrimination of any kind free from violence health care and healthy living for all housing for everyone and where everyone has the opportunity to thrive and enjoy life in all of its beauty and little of its be cruelty. Rusty, Being an optimist, I believe that no matter what genre of music you prefer, that your world can be just as perfect as anyone else's. What does your music say to you, and what does your world, as it should be, look like for you? We too often become paralyzed by the enormity of our problems. We already have the answers. We believe we are right and no one else is. Our hubris sometimes gets in the way to envisioning our world as it should be. Last year, I was the victim of hubris when I felt my knowledge of grant making and our community would carry out a righteous outcome for our Strongmont grants. Our Strongmont grants were specifically designed to help small businesses navigate Coming out of COVID and pandemic and you know, making sure that they stayed in business or at least stayed afloat during those really difficult times. I thought a perfect process would really create a perfect outcome, and who better to create that process than what I thought was a pretty perfect person, in a sense that I knew everything there was about grant writing, right? And brand making. Of course I did, because, you know, hey, that's my job. However, I was very wrong. I failed to ensure that the minority businesses in our community were provided equitable opportunity. I issued a community apology for that egregious error. We made it right eventually by providing grants to 20 businesses of color for the Strongmont II effort. But this is one pivotal moment in my own life that I just truly regret and um, felt like I wasn't really true to the world that I really wanted to be. This effort created new critics, but we felt, the board did, as well as myself, felt that was the right thing to do. I can't help but feel to this day that if there hadn't been this first mistake, I never would have had to apologize because I would have gotten it right the first time. I had really lost sight of my world as it should be. From that day forward, I vowed to always look out for those without voice in our community. You have opportunity and voice to those who are often ignored. I am certainly not perfect, and certainly I didn't need to suggest that I am perfect um, and that we ever had a perfect process. But um, I do truly believe that we can elevate people. And if I stay focused on elevating those in our community, we can't help but make a better world as it should be so what is your world as it should be look like for you make the world as it should be doesn't mean you have to sit back and make it or wish it had to happen you must become involved recognize that you're wrong sometimes accept other opinions and criticisms take responsibility elevate others listen to others be engaged in the conversation Not so you can espouse your amazing theories all the time, but so you can listen and certainly elevate another's thinking and another's reasoning. Listen to your own music or listen to music and create your world as it should be. What does your world look like and how do you wanna make that change? Enjoy living and reimagine. Thank you.